What's up, Mike? What up? So, weddings. Um, because <laughs> I'm going to a wedding, and we were catching up about the wedding. Yes. Um, you were saying that. I'm trying to go back to what we were just saying a minute ago. You were saying that there's different uh, kind of weddings that we enjoy more than other ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, so what we were talking about is that all weddings are sweet, right? Like it's, it's fun to go to any, really any wedding and watch people, uh, you know, love is an awesome thing and it's cool to watch. Um, and there's big weddings and small weddings and there's fancy weddings and then there's like weddings where like kids are invited there's a bunch of kids um and there's all these different aspects of it that we like or don't like including the food you know music dancing all that kind of stuff right i think me and you have similar priorities when it comes to weddings like we want um like if we were to pick out an ideal wedding the first couple things that we would think of would be how would it be for our kids? Because we got those are like the first thing we got to plan for, basically. And then second to that would probably be what's the food like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And before kids, food was first. So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then, um, I mean, I feel like it helps. Uh, I would say what's my third one if I had to say a third one it helps if it helps if Jazz knows a good amount of the people there I would say because she's more introverted than me so that would be my number three okay this one this one um, that I'm going to soon is probably going to have two of those three I'm not sure if it's going to have all three Okay. Okay. So that's still a win. You know, it'll still be yeah. a fun day. Yeah. It's got like two of my top three. So yeah. 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 And then um, there's things like venue and then like, I really don't care who's there, honestly, because I'm so extroverted. I'll just randomly talk to some, find somebody to talk to. And when I say somebody, I mean like 10 people that I just like <laughs> randomly meet. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm the complete opposite. Like weddings can uh, scare me like a lot. Right. Like, uh, I've gone to one wedding since I've been married, I've gone to one, only one wedding by myself and it was like my best friend's wedding. Right. And I knew a good amount of people and, uh, well, a good amount of the, uh, like the groomsmen and stuff like that. The rest of the people I didn't know. Um, but man, I was just, uh, I was nervous and I didn't have, I really didn't have a great time. I mean, like nowadays I just, I really like to have my wife there for all the weddings, um because she is really more of an extrovert and i'm i'm way on way an introvert and i Mm -hmm. need my close friends and the thing with a lot of my close friends is that they're extroverts so they're cool with like going to talk to people and i'm just like all right well when you come back i'll talk to you again you know yeah 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 yeah. i i get that i get that now but um in the past yeah it was harder for me to notice that as much but yeah what, what we were thinking? getting into before the pod started. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? Well, okay, go ahead. You say what you're going to say. Cause I think it's what I was going to say, but I think what we were going to get into is that I, like, I've been to some awesome weddings, man. I went to the breakers hotel in Florida, which is like, if you research that hotel, it's like this super fancy hotel. I mean, uh, from what I heard, the people spent close to like a $1.5 million on the wedding 
Um, and then I've also been to some awesome ones in Virginia too, where they like fireworks inside and crazy music. And you know that they spent a ton of money. Mm -hmm. And, and what I was saying before we started is that I think that in our society, or at least right now for, for me, I'm definitely, uh, like I'm so used to those fancy weddings, even though I don't think that marriage or anything like that has anything to do with those weddings that like, I, I have these expectations that, that I don't think should be there. Um, really, really, it should just be good food, good people and like celebration of love. I'm glad you remembered. Cause that's what I was trying to get us to <laughs> from where they are. Like there's something about it. Yeah. All right, so I wanted to go deeper with that a little bit, um, and and because the the feeling I have is that we have these um, expectations that are there mainly just because of experience, you know, and that experience is is how we organize our thoughts and get comfortable with different environments, right. And just put that in a nutshell, like you're used to those kind of weddings. So those kind of weddings feel right, you know, Mm -hmm. but um, doesn't mean that's the only thing that is out there. That's the only option. That's the only thing that's going to work for people. Um, And the most important thing is the fact that the intentions are in the right place. Would you say? Yeah, intentions for sure. Now, but do you feel that? So I just trained a couple who uh, just got married. And so I talked to them for like two months before their wedding. And Mm -hmm. do you feel like what we're talking about right now really puts pressure on people who are trying to get married now who don't necessarily want like a crazy wedding or anything like that, but because kind of in society and it might be like kind of where we live too we live in uh you know we live in northern virginia near dc and and it's uh we we definitely experience a lot of that um and so i I wonder is more traditional i feel like overall what is more traditional i feel like east coast and midwest are much more traditional when it comes to weddings right versus like west coast is is uh much more I don't know. There's less rules or less string, less, much more chaos, much less order, I would say. Right, right. And, uh, and people can, you know, it is funny when you talk, when you think about West Coast versus East Coast, because a ton of podcasts and stuff like that are West Coast. And a lot of our media and stuff that we get are, you know, California, from California. And that's and- like the new age. That's where a lot of trends, I think, will start because there's less. There's less creative, there's less restriction on creativity and that creativity is fostered and encouraged more on the West Coast. The Midwest and the East Coast are much more like work, hard work mentality is fostered and and, um, supported, I think. I wonder if that goes back to like the pioneering days where where the pe- when we came to the United States, like we settled on the East Coast, and then the explorers, they started traveling to the West Coast. So over generations, yeah. over generations, the type of people who ended up being on the West Coast were already more creative and more into exploring and everything like that. Yeah, so- the rules, and the rules were more lax for longer. 
there too. Okay. So like you think of the wild west, for example, like when places get new towns get made and a new, new, uh, uh, cities trying to think of, or like jurisdictions, like there's a lot of chaos and a lot of very loose rule, uh, abiding by, and there's a lot less Puritans as well. A lot of the Puritans kind of stayed on the East coast. Interesting. Uh, yeah. You know, I was talking to somebody like to bring it back kind of to health and fitness here. I was talking to somebody about health insurance the other day. And cause I was telling them that like, it really makes a big difference if you're on the East coast and the West coast, when it comes to like your habits, like you can't, you can't go for a walk outside after dinner every night on the East coast. Like it might be snowing. It might be freezing. It might just be dark. You might live in a bad neighborhood, on the West Coast, you know, it's might still be 70 degrees all year, all year long. Well, in certain parts, right? Like it, like more South, right? But a lot it's of like, it's more likely um, for a larger amount of land. Yeah, like right. more there's more sunny days for sure. And I didn't know health insurance was based on uh, like where you live and demographics and on all uh, demographics and geographics. Yeah. Um. And so and so I thought that that was pretty interesting. Be and and it goes back to really I think like what kind of people went where. Uh. You know when we inhabited the United States. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Crazy. Yeah. I'm surprised. It's weird. It seems so obvious. I'm surprised I don't feel, hear more people talk about it or know anything about it. anybody actually delving into it more like there are geo there's obvious it's almost too obvious because there are obvious like geographic um differences in cultures across the u.s you know yeah, yeah. um to, and but like there's different cultures in lots of different geographies and it's funny because even um uh people who live in uh, certain environments in different countries will still be similar to people who live in the same environments in different countries. Do you follow? Yes, absolutely. Like, so if you live in a cold climate, you know, in the United States, then it might be similar to a cold climate in a different country. Right, right. And at least in, in terms of like, you have some similar um, traits and tendencies, you know, like you're going to be, you're going to be someone who's, um, you know, you think of like the stereotypes and it's not a, it's probably not a big difference. It's probably like, um, like a 10% increase or something like that yeah. in the likelihood of having those traits, but it, your geography definitely affects your personality. Yeah. Say. Like I have, uh, an, an aunt and uncle who they're, they're awesome. They, uh, they're explorers, they're hikers, they go outdoors all the time. They're, they're from the West coast. But one thing that's interesting is they lived in Alaska for a while. And, um, and they told me stories in Alaska. I think it's like, there's parts of the year you only get like four hours of sunlight or something like that, or, or something really weird. And, yeah. and, but they're the kind of people who will go out and take a walk at 8 PM in mm -hmm. 30 degree weather mm -hmm. at night, like with no problem. Um, be just because I think with that, a rifle <laughs> on their shoulder, probably <laughs> just well, to make sure the bear don't get them. Serious. No, a hundred percent actually. And, That's and, one thing, yeah. and their dog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And their dog. Yeah. Um, cause they, well, they actually, it's funny. So I don't want to go into it, but they live in Colorado and they send pictures of bears and stuff on their property all the time. 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but geography, I do think has a has a big deal with uh, with fitness and and all sorts of stuff. And what kind of weddings people have? And what kind of weddings people have? I like it. Bringing it back to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay, the other thing, since we're into um, controversial topics today, and you had you had like a list of controversial topics that you were thinking about talking about, and I was thinking for the Fit Quest, we're really working on like just almost curiosities that we have that we end up using in some way to help ourselves get better. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the fit quest. Right. Right. So, um, I think it's really good to explore the different curiosities that we have. And okay. So I pulled up the list. Do you want, do you have the list with you? I, yeah, I, I have, I have brought up the list too. Okay. So like the, uh, the energy connection, how your relationships impact your energy levels. Where did you get that from? Uh, well, you know, I was trying to think of some topics in my life that I've been dealing with. And mm-hmm. and I was thinking about people in my life who are energy producers and who are like kind of energy takers. Um, and and that looks like a New York Times bestselling title, by the way. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, when you said that, I was like, "Where do I buy this book?" Well, yeah. Well, that uh, that title was created by our friend ChatGPT. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yes, yeah. of course. But uh, but the energy producers and energy takers is something that my wife and I have been discussing over the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because uh, there's instances in our life where you have friends or just acquaintances who you know in your life who who, you know, just you feel you don't feel good after you talk to them, you know, or and and, and it's jive something, something like the puzzle doesn't fit correct completely or like or maybe in the cases that I usually think about, it's uh, it's old friendships um, and then people who have gone through a change in their life. And then when you still try and hang out with old friendships um it's like your energies don't match anymore um well i would yeah that makes a big difference like if you've gone through a different phase of your life and they haven't gone through it with you or the, and they're still in like a different another phase yeah yeah it's weird because uh the better you know somebody the harder it is to accept them in a different phase very true and maybe not even accept them but just jive well with them you know like like um I can't think of a better word than jive right now. (laughs) Like, do you have any old friends? Like jive makes more sense because it's not get along with, and it's not like um, dislike. It's just, you don't like, you don't harmonize, you know, because it's, you're used to hearing, I don't know. It's almost like a song. So you're used to hearing um, Weezer's say it ain't so. Right. By Weezer. And then somebody puts like a different um, like twang on it or a country artist covers it or something like that. And you're just like, this is so wrong. Why are you doing this to my son? <laughs> well, it's probably in the same, you know, because we define people. Right. And and mm-hmm. especially in a deep relationship, if you've known someone for 20 years, I mean, you know them. But and then to say you don't know them for five years, people can change a lot in five years. 
And and if they go through a huge change, then uh, yeah, like that jive, that harmonization, what they are in your head takes a while to get over um like and to to reharmonize and sometimes those it doesn't rejive or anything like that because yeah, because it's you almost like it. sometimes they'll take a, sometimes they'll take a detour you know or sometimes they'll be going at a slower rate maybe you know towards the same path or phase that you're in you know yeah but sometimes they just like completely like go in a different direction like they're going uh west when you're going east Sure, sure. On your on your personal paths. Yeah, it's it's. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to visualize it. Yeah, I, I like that that path. I mean, because everyone does take a personal path, right? And and for people who make big changes, a lot of times those big changes are because they know that they were way off path, and they have to change. Um, and sometimes those paths, you know, you just can't get back in. But when I was talking about energy, basically, is that is that when you leave a conversation with those people, right? Like maybe it's just all like, you've known them for so long that you can just call them up and be like, Oh man, I got to tell you this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like this happened today. This was stupid. Blah, blah, blah. All right. I'll see you later. Like, thanks. And so you, because you're so good at friends and because you have this relationship that you can tell them anything, you are there to take their energy almost like you, you have this relationship and, they just and this is what we we're, we were my wife and I were talking about is that when you're done talking to them, you just feel drained. And that's when I was like, they're energy drainers and energy producers. That's when I started kind of like thinking, like, who do I talk to? That's like that. And then I guess and then I found out that this is actually a big topic. Yeah, it's like and, and energy, I think, is a good um, way to define it, although it's very um vague in terms of how it could be you can't measure it you know that's it's hard to measure i would say and then i also think of um like like uh, like back to the music analogy i think of like notes and tunes like i feel like it's 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 a very complicated um mashup of ingredients that go well together or almost like cooking in a way, you know? Yeah. And, um, some, some things go together like peanut butter and jelly, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And some things are like avocado toast where like people weren't doing it for a long time. They're like avocados and toast. What? No. Why? And now all of a sudden it's like, everybody's doing avocados and toast. (laughs) And it, is everyone just doing it because everyone else is doing it? Is that how Possibly. things change? Possibly. Right, right. Yeah, it becomes like reinforced by your geography because maybe a whole bunch of avocados are being grown in that area now yeah, because they're... of global warming. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, but yeah, but yeah, I mean. Uh... The energy producers though and energy, I think I think that's important. It is. It is. We were talking about it a lot. And I, I do think that one thing, if you could take anything from our nonsense we just talked about, is that like when you have conversations with people, just kind of feel how you feel afterward. Like, are you do you did you get something out of it? Uh, are you happy? Are do you just every single time do you feel drained? And then I mean, you do if you want to live a good life, 
uh, you need to make a choice, I think, at some point, whether to either, you know, not have as deep a relationship with that person, or maybe uh, partially take them out of a lot out of your life, or maybe completely, and it doesn't have to be forever, maybe just for short periods of time. Um, because I do think also that that time apart can, can kind of reharmonize, um, you know, flame. Well, if we're talking about like love and relationships, I mean, that's a common thing, right? Like, you know, let them be free. And then if they come back, then that's, that's true love or whatever. But, uh, Mm -hmm. but if we're just talking about friendships or uh, work relationships or like any type of relationship, right. Um, I think that you could use those same tools. Like you may not want them out of your life forever, but but maybe they need to realize that that you guys have grown differently, and that uh, that maybe over time you just need you can reharmonize, or maybe you don't because that's life. You know, you lose friends and you gain friends. My my weight training analogy is um, is energy is to load. I guess in terms of uh, and like rest between sets is similar to like rest between visits, you know, or interactions. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think, I think, I think it's a load. There's, there's an energy load that you kind of have to manage, you know, or there's a, there's a weight I guess to put it in simpler terms, there's a weight you have to manage energy wise. You know, there's a, there's an energy requirement for even being with uh, certain people and everybody has those energy requirements and different people are affected differently. So um, what's, what's heavy for one person could be light for another person. And what's light for another person could be heavy for another person, you know? So paying attention afterwards Kind of like a workout journal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, paying attention afterwards can be really useful. I guess you could you could even do like a meditation practice. You know, what that makes me think. Makes me think. I want. I've been doing more reading at bedside. Okay. Um, and trying to like not look at my phone, read a book, basically, or just go to sleep. Awesome. That's a good habit. Yeah, and I mean like. The way I was justifying it before is um, I'm still going to sleep at a decent time. So what's the big deal if I look at my phone? Right. But I'm almost mad at myself for saying this. But um, I sleep even better now. (laughs) (laughs) Who would have thunk it? Weird. (laughs) The guy who knows all the science behind sleep. Like uh, puts his phone down and sleeps better. Yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy. But I'm, I'm like, I'm getting the. Now I'm going to sleep. Now I'm going to sleep at like eight forty-five sometimes though. Like okay, just out. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's kind of making me mad. But it's also I'm also noticing that I can work out more because of that as well. So and I was like, okay, damn it. I guess I'm on the right track, so I'll keep doing this. But I've ran out of uh, books that I'm interested in right now. Okay. And I want to put my journal next to the bed. I'm bringing it back. I want to put my journal next to the bed because I want to do a little bit of rehashing of the day in the journal. 
little bit more. Because when I do that, I find patterns pretty quickly after doing it for a couple weeks. Yeah. And, like, the patterns I find help me become so much more, like, self-aware of my daily activities. And I make, and then I make better decisions. What would be, like, an example of, like, one of those journal entries without getting too personal? Yeah. So, I mean, it, uh, it's weird because it doesn't ha- – I don't have a strong, like, format that I keep mm-hmm. for journal entry. Um, it's – one part brain dump, like what happened today. Um, and then after I do the, what happened, usually after that, I have some kind of insight or reflection. Okay. So like, uh, so what happened, some kind of inflection about that, if I have time and then like thoughts or ideas that pop up. And then ideally, I, I rarely ever get to this, but I've been I've actually been doing it in the middle of the days lately. Ideally, I think about what's going to happen the next day. And okay. I, and I put a couple things down there. Yeah. Okay. I like all yeah. that stuff. I, I've yeah. been trying to get a writing habit going myself because mm-hmm. um, I've never really written before. Um, so I have been, I've been trying to write creatively as well as, uh, like some philosophy stuff. Right. Um, but I should use the tools that you were just saying, I think a little bit more because just to get like my normal thoughts out yeah, uh, as well as like creativity. Um, so I think that might be a good tool. I might, I might give that a try. I know we've talked about journaling before, and mm-hmm. it's it's just one of those things that's kind of like a little bit of a it's just a habit, right? You have to start small. Like I put the date on the top right corner of the page. Yeah, yeah. I'll put page numbers on the bottom if they don't have page numbers. I did. We did we do a podcast on journaling? Because I know we had like a thirty minute discussion about it once. No, yeah. but I I, I had a couple of months since I've well, I mean no, I still journal like a couple times a week randomly right now. Yeah, I guess not like that, though, but just random ideas and stuff like that. But it helps when it's more regular. It helps a lot more. It's like it's it's a multiplier effect in terms of how it helps when you're regular with it. Yeah, it's just like a Band-Aid right now. I'm using it more like a Band-Aid. Okay. yeah. uh, So it'll take a few weeks because really the patterns, right? The patterns are the key. The pat the pattern recognition, but that pattern recognition gets like pushed into daily awareness, basically. So yeah. you you notice the patterns by act by like repetitive repetitively calling them out, basically. Right. You know, but right. you, it's hard to notice the pattern on a one off every like week or so in a random place. You know, but you have the same objective kind of pattern vomiting basically (laughs) every night and then and then you start to notice it and then you get that repetition of seeing it and then when you're and then that eventually transfers to in your daily life you see it when it's happening basically exactly and then you can properly react to it before doing whatever that issue or, or whatever you wrote down and and so it's all about it's like it's like almost like a mindfulness tool is what 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 that's doing is just creating that awareness uh, for your everyday life. I love that, man. Right. And you're like way more efficient. 
Um, am I selling? Am I selling it enough? Basically, <laughs> I feel bad selling it when I haven't done it in a while. But it just made me think, like, oh, okay, that's one of the reasons I like doing it. I was having a hard time inserting it into like places that are regular, yeah. for me. Like I was basically, I've been doing pieces of it at random parts of the day. But now that I've gotten in that routine, this is a good like habit transfer little example. Yeah. By the way. Now that I've gotten that routine of reading at night. Um, or just going the fuck to sleep. Um, that's what I say to myself. Um, I can take that and just put the journal in place right now. Well, it's, it's funny that we as health people, uh, find ourselves not doing things that we know are great for you. Uh, even though we know and talk about it a lot, uh, and then we even have to be mindful about it and be aware of it and, and reinsert those practices in our life because life just happens. And, and I think that is the key is to have, you just, if you are writing, if you are journaling, you'll have that daily checklist or you'll have that daily thought dump that you can see what's going on. Um, in, in my life this past couple of weeks, uh, I've been doing a daily checklist that has been kind of doing that same thing for me. Um, I have a clipboard uh, that I keep in the kitchen. Yeah. And I have two spreadsheets on there and, and I have everything from my workouts, my stretches to meditations to uh, like doing flashcards with Charlie to household chores um, to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and what is peace, right. In some way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, like little health things, like, uh, we talked about sodium intake, uh, like that's not something I ever think about, but I have it on my checklist. And before I go make some food, I look, uh, okay, this, you know, I'm, I'm making sure my sodium's good. I'm making sure my protein's high. All right, cool. Let me go make my food. Right. Uh, just a real quick glance, like, like having it on my master sheet there, um, really has improved. I mean, these last two weeks, man, I feel amazing uh, because because of this checklist. And not the the fact is is that I knew all this stuff. I've known all this stuff for years. Um, but when you really when you really really focus on everything and doing it easily by just having a checklist or journaling or something like that, you can become so much more aware, more efficient, and and improve your life over the long run. Bye, my Here's my book. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh well. Hey, I don't have a book to sell you. But one day, bad one. You know, I started writing. Mm-hmm, I know. I did. Start Let's work writing. on this book here. I think we got something with like the uh, energy connection. I do too. There's, well, there's there's a lot out here, man, and that's why I love talking to you because we get a lot of these good ideas out here and. Uh, and if you check out uh, where I'm posting where I started posting this stuff. Um, I'm going to write the notes out um, for all of our episodes too. Like, so right now we're talking about energy producers. So I have a blog post that's written about energy producers and I'll put out there. Uh, And so I I think that us just talking and, and if you want to write, you got to write, right? It's just, it's, if you want to journal, you have to do it every day Um, or you're not going to do it. Right. That's just, that's just the bottom line. Yeah, I think the we could we could relay it back. There's there's different seasons. I'm not trying to be like apologetic about this. Like there are some things that you kind of have to force into uh, being, you know. 
at first, I would say. you There's like this, it's uncomfortable because it's new kind of feeling that you have to get comfortable with, I would say. I'm like, I'm like the, I'm really weird because I think I'm, I'm, this is going to sound messed up, but I gave, I like being in those slightly uncomfortable new phases. Like I'm, I'm almost addicted to that. Like that's where I get my dopamine sometimes, which is kind of like the serial entrepreneur kind of thing. So I have to be careful. I don't go into the new too often. And there's people like that with like exercises, you know, certain people who exhibit that behavior when they work out, they just want to do the new thing all the time, you know, but you gotta, you gotta take one part that, and then you gotta apply this like other um, discomfort. So there's two sides of the discomfort. There's like the discomfort in going into the new, and then there's the discomfort in, in doing that new thing um really off really consistently really often and consistently and like they're two different like types of brain pattern almost right. and you have to be able to do both of them and it's almost i almost feel like um um you almost have to be functionally bipolar you know that's interesting yeah no i, and, I definitely get it and because of that that's an energy requirement you know so if you're trying to do something new and be consistent with it, you have to manage your energy levels really, really well. It's almost like the first thing you need to do. And I kind of wish like I talked to my clients about this a little bit more at the beginning. Yeah. Because I think that's really useful. Like I, there's, there's um, I feel like I should do a little article about the things we should, uh, we should, the warnings about strength training and exercise training or getting the warnings of getting healthier, the the negative consequences of getting healthier. Yeah. Too much on your plate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's interesting. Like, so when you start something new, like uh, maybe you should take into account everything you're doing, right? Yeah. But that's a lot. But it's like, Hey, you know, like that's a hard sell. Like, hey, you're going to do something new. Take into account everything you're doing right now before you start that thing. Well, if I were to go back in my personal growth journey, I would say that the the biggest thing for me was instead of adding a ton of stuff, it was taking out so much stuff in my life. Like, I don't try and do more than uh, I, I it used to be five things was my number. And and that and what that means is work is one of them. Family is one of them, right? And so, and so, fitness is one of them. And then, you know, so let's say, let's say, if uh, the four motivations are we going to the four F's? Four F's? No, no, no. <laughs> well, whatever motivates you, right? Um, no, these are the primal motivations. What are? I would love to know those. Um, you know so, them off real quick. Uh, there's food. There's food there's um four motivations fight oh fight flight fight flight food and fornication okay that's the four f's i've i haven't heard of that but i i, I get four it instinctual motivations okay that they're um and they're kind of like different uh, strong hormones, basically. 
that that uh, I don't know how much I agree with this, but okay. it's an interesting path to go down in terms of um, like what is the root motivation for the things that you're doing? Like, is it to reproduce? Is it to uh, make something start uh, um, or to get away from something? And that, or is it uh, to sustain your energy? Okay. Well, maybe when you're set, like, like kind of doing what I'm saying and you're setting it up, maybe mm-hmm. it would be good to go into like, what are your, what are the problem motivations and then what are your motivations and then kind of figure it out. Yeah. And I, the way I thought about it was more of like values, like what's value to, valuable to me and what do I think is going to be valuable at the end of my life. And then I got rid of so much stuff. Like I got, and, and instead of going deep here, I'm going to go shallow. And okay. like, I got rid of Sunday football I got, I got rid of, uh, you know, cause I would spend six, eight hours a day watching football every single Sunday. Uh, I got, I got rid of pretty much watching all sports, which is like take out another eight hours of my week, right. For sports. Um, I focused on, on getting rid of certain relationships in my life. Um, and, and I got rid of alcohol. Obviously that was a huge deal. Um, so taking away the things that were energy suckers out of my life and just energy takers out of my life was the biggest step to adding new things in. I had to basically create a blank slate before I, I, I became this, like uh, and I'm not saying I became like some great person or anything like that. Cause that's, I'm far you from became, it. You became someone different. Like you changed pretty, pretty drastically. Yeah, because you have to take you have to I, I do feel that you have to remove the negative energies. I, I feel like a hippie now talking about this, but you have to remove all that stuff and start from a blank slate and then put in things in your life that what well, for me, what I did is I looked at when I was if I'm 90 years old, and I'm about to die. And I'm sitting on my deathbed. What am I going to think? Like, am I gonna am I going to say that? I'm so happy that I spent eight hours on Sundays in a bar, uh, you know, drinking and having a lot of fun. Sure. You know, or am I'm, am I going to sit on my deathbed and, and think like, man, I'm so happy that I, I went on all those hikes with my kids when they were four years old. Um, and, and instead of, you know, being letting them be home, me hung over on the couch while they're running around and I'm just sitting there doing nothing. Um, and those, those were the first steps for me to, to create this new thing. So if you are, yes, if you're adding like a strength training routine to your life, and I think that would be a good warning is like, is this just another thing on top of too much stuff in your life? Or do you really need to take a, a look at your life and get rid of a whole bunch of stuff and and really take it easy and, and focus on what's important? You know, um, this is going to be kind of like a duh answer. And also, it's, it's you're still not going to know what to do after I say this. But when people are older and they're in like hospice and they ask them, um, things that enrich their life and, uh, regrets they might have, um, and what, what they wish they would have done and what they were happy they did. All, all of those categories are like social based categories, yeah. you know, some, there's some experiences, but those experiences are, are largely 
the story is largely told in a social way. You know, like I was with my um, family member in Ireland or I was, or I wish I would be, would have been with my family member at, when we went to here, or I was here and I was thinking about this family member, you know, and, and all those things are like um, basically experiences you have with the people you enjoy being around. Yeah. You know, with a, with a lack thereof. And so um, I could see how uh, people could think that it would be useful to just kind of, I don't know, self-indulge, you know, but the, the problem with self-indulgence is usually it makes people more lonely, I would say. Bring, we can bring it back to the uh, the marriage uh, thing that we had at the beginning here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like community and like quality, the quality of your community, mm-hmm. I think makes a huge difference. And I think you can, I think you can, um, I guess you could objectively like say like if you could be part of a large community that does a lot of good, that's like the the like top level you know, the thing to shoot for. But um, I feel like you get the same, like, level of satisfaction, even if it's a small community, you know? I think and so. even more so maybe for introverts. Probably, probably. Right? It sounds like you're talking about church or something like that, Mike. I know, it's weird. I think... Um, well, I commu- think- community is, is supposed to be the best part of of church and religion right like that that's really what creates a lot of happiness and right. I, I don't i don't i want to separate it from i was just kind of joking there but like i want to separate it from church and religion because but community itself is is i think a very important thing and yep. uh and for me as an introvert I, I do like to foster individual relationships a little bit more than uh like a big group of friends um and and so i do think that maybe a small group doing big things would be something in my future that I would really like. Okay. So I have a little bit more time because I just saw that my 10 o'clock canceled. Oh, okay. I do. Um, You got, do you have a little more time? Yeah, I have time. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you. That reminds me of something I wanted to talk to you about, which is um, like what I'm calling big G growth and little G growth. Okay. Okay, so big G growth is kind of like our current economy in terms of a business when they're saying that they're growing is um, making more net money like each quarter that they're assessing how much money they've made. And um, that's because they're putting out, they're getting more sales. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, or they're or they're um, or they're getting sales of higher quantities. Basically, so it's kind of like a quantity type of grow, the big G grow. Okay, okay. I would say. And I say big G because that's like the the uh, I think the most popular thought about growth is like, okay, I'm going to grow like a big farm, you know. Um, and you think of like big fields, for example. So like, it's a quantity kind of growth. Right, right. And there's little G growth, which I wish was big G, but it's little G right now. And it's like um, complexity and quality type growth and like um, 
like taking what you have and making it better and then making that better and then making that better and making that better and making that better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, people, a lot of times when they're trying to, um, improve their, their, their set in life, their lot in life, you know, think of big G growth. And they think that that's going to make things better. More money, bigger house, more cars, stuff like that. More friends, even. Yeah, yeah, and more options. But um, our brains can't handle that. Like, just, they can't. Right. Um, Very few people's brains can handle that. Um, And and in a way, it's it's a... it's a compliment to our system that we still have like a large amount of good outcomes from that. And it's mainly because we have so many consumers out there. Right. Right. But if, but if the amount of consumers shrink, um, this, which is, is what made me think of little G a little bit more. Um, you need a lot more little G basically. And, and then like, this made me think of it in terms of like people's happiness and people improving, okay. you know, and trying to get better mm-hmm. because like you want to work on little G a lot. And that means like knowing yourself, knowing your environment, knowing um, the different uh, energy sucks, you know, yeah. that are kind of making it hard for you to change and to grow. And whatnot. And it's not like, um, it's not the same because it's not like a, it's not a, uh, space or an environment that you can always like just move with your hands and hold on to. Right. More like the inner brain space, basically. Right. Like you gotta, you gotta build on the quality that you have and like more quality and more quality and more quality. And you have to, you have to be careful of what you grow too. Yeah. I mean, even in little G or big G, uh, because, you know, I feel like you can have a lot of weeds, weeds in there and that mm-hmm. you, you, you've watered and, and you, you realize that, that it's, it's not worth it or, or maybe it's a little bit worth it at times, but then you just need to kind of take it away. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. That's interesting. I like, I like that analogy of the big G and little G for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, the big G and I think that just goes back to kind of like what we normally talk about, like the, the big G stuff doesn't produce that happiness as much, but it is in our media. And, and I think like the 80%, they really focus on that big G and, uh, and, and watering the little G and creating that little G is definitely gonna, gonna make something better. I mean, if you've ever grown, if have you ever grown a flower or grown a plant or something like that, you know, like the, the first time you grow that plant, it'll be okay. You know, you know, you'll, it'll be good. And then you, you take that plant you cut it and you, you plant it again and you grow it again. And, you know, and now that plant you've learned that you need to give it extra water here. You need to put different nutrients in it. So like, you know, like if we're talking about strength training, you know, maybe the first time you do a fat loss cycle, you you run a lot and then you realize that, well, that fat loss cycle only lasted uh, and so you, you went for 12 weeks, but you only really lost fat for six weeks. 
So the next time you water it, you put different nutrients in there and then you kind of figure that out and then you can grow that plant a little bit more. And, uh, and I do think I, I love the little G big G analogy and, uh, and focus. I've, I think that that was a big part of that growth that I was talking about earlier is actually focusing on the little G stuff. Cause I think at the end of your life, when you're about to die, you don't think big G, you don't think about your cars and your houses. You always think about little G and, mm. uh, and, and so I love it, man. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been on my mind a lot lately. And, and okay, so and that people I've been talking to about it, and which makes me feel like I'm on the right track. The analogies and the metaphors that they think of are are nature. Like nature always comes up. Like something like if you're trying to grow like a plant, you know, or be a good gardener, basically. Yeah. And I feel like nature is um, a really good example of the balance between the two. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Um, like biodiversity for the sake of biodiversity is not sustainable. If, if nature was big G, like if nature was just shooting out a whole bunch of different things all the time and evolution was was like quicker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Then like, I think there's, there's a couple species that are like that. I think like uh, some insects are like that. I want to say, but like for the most part, you don't see that. Like that's not what's like, affecting nature and, and, and making the biggest impact and doing all the things that we see throughout the day, at least in our current perception. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like it's, it's building complexity over time and it's building complexity and quality over time for that like specific niche that that organism is going to inhabit, you know, and then everything fits really well. And that has these feedbacks and these flows to them. Nature is, you can learn, I think, almost everything from nature. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the Tao is all about like the natural flow and, and talks about nature and how, and water and, and really living the natural way. I'm not saying Tao is the, the, where we were eventually going with the energy talk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, but you know, for, for nature though, um, I, for me who I've put down the phone a lot, you know, I haven't been on social media in a long time in a while. And I, I, I try and stay away from a lot of that stuff. And I go on walks with my kid a lot in nature. And, uh, I, I just have been noticing so much more and realizing that most things that have been created by humans are there in nature. So whoever created them, you know, like hundreds of years ago, like I was looking at, uh, you know, those little helicopter, uh, like leaves, the maple seeds, maple seeds. Right. Um, so I was just, you know, throwing those around for my son a couple of days ago and he was like, helicopter, helicopter, helicopter. And I was like, exactly. Like, how do you think, uh, the creator of the helicopter, was it Da Vinci? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I do think of Da Vinci though. Yeah. Well, like, how do you think they created these things? Um, and and I think that he actually made one, though. I think he just like imagined the idea. Yeah, like like drew it out or whatever. But yeah. how, how like we've talked about that everything comes from something. Like you know, and there's no original ideas or whatever. But when you kind of when you challenge yourself to get rid of that slate of ideas and just look at things like nature itself. 
I think you can find a lot of answers um, right, right there, right in front of you. Like uh, the Dow talks about water all the time. Like I was saying, like water flows where it flows, you know, uh, it, it, it won't stop until it gets to a place. And then when it gets to that place, it generally makes that thing grow. Um, and, and it, it passes through things. It, it goes around rock. There's the argument, like what's, what's, <clears throat> so what's actually stronger, you know, water or a rock. Mm. If you ask a lot of people that question, I mean, it's, it's instantly a rock. There's even Depends on what your time scale is, I guess. Right. Oh, exactly. Cause there's, there's even stoic quotes out there. Oh, gosh, I wish I had it up front. I didn't know we were going to go into this. But um, that that rocks are strength, right? Mm -hmm. That being a rock is going to be the strongest thing because you can just allow the water to wear on you as much as you want. And 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 I don't like that quote because in the Taoism that says what is stronger, water or rock, because over over time, the water is going to wear wear that rock out. The if you've ever seen a canyon, what do you think, you know, put put that canyon in there watered it spoken like an older philosophy basically <laughs> it's almost like stoicism is like a uh is like a um is a certain level of buddhism or Taoism. you know do you ever get that feeling i well <laughs> to not go too deep into this yes 100 percent. i think yeah. that that most of the philosophies and most of the religions <clears throat> are all fairly similar evil yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there's a there's an archetypical um journey that you have to go through like and, the, I, and like I do think growth. we should have lots of conversations about this but i don't yeah. know if we have the time to go into something like this right now <laughs> i don't know should we wrap up like so what uh so going back to the beginning so what is this podcast about and what have we talked about and what lessons have we learned what are we what are we doing here? <laughs> i think the biggest thing is that the little g and big g is a huge thing mm -mm. energy consuming your energy managing your energy well so you know um how so you don't get caught in the trap of going towards like big g yes yeah. little g i would say okay. and then um journaling can help with that yes and like being self-aware can help with that and i guess when you when you put those things together you're more likely to know like what the next step the size of the next step you know like how much load you can bear yeah 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 so using tools like journaling and checklists and yes mindfulness mindful meditation mm -hmm. i think uh it, it would be a good thing here um can have helped us obviously in in noticing our trends over time and realizing if we're if certain things in our life are energy producers or energy consumers and then figuring out what little G's and big G's that we need to work on in order to uh, uh, kind of control and maintain those different energy consumers and producers. Yeah. Better balance things out. Balance. Wow. Boom. Yeah. That was pretty good. You got anything else for today? Um, 
That's if you like super deep stuff. Hmm. What else did you say on here? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um. Any books you're reading right now? Uh. Well, I just. That? I just finished my buddy's book. So I, uh, my buddy's book is called, I want to, gosh, I want to make sure I have this. Um, sorry. The virtues. All right. My buddy's book is called church on the golf course, Christian virtues found in golf. Okay. Um, so I am not a religious person. But mm-hmm. I am open to all things. Mm-hmm. I do not put myself in a box at all. So, but I do have certain beliefs. So this is the book I read. Uh, but he, it's awesome because I'm a big golf fan, and uh, it was kind of just an interesting book because he talked about the virtues of golf, uh, the the Christian virtues, and then how they relate to golf. And and really for for me, uh, I just looked at you know what what have I learned on the golf course. Um, so it was like an interesting book to kind of have me think, patience, start thinking. patience in there. Yeah. Patience is definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely in there. Honesty. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was, in, you know, I'm not, I don't really re- read a lot of religion. Like I've read the Bible a few times when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really read too much religious stuff and there was definitely a lot in there. Um, so it was an interesting book to read. I read it cause I've, I've had it for a year and I realized this is like a good friend of mine. And so I should probably read his book. Yeah. Um, and I do think that if you are, uh, into golf, you can mm-hmm. get a lot out of it for okay. sure. Um, you know, but the, but the, I read that and then I'm reinforced, also- reinforced, uh, thoughts you had already. It did reinforce and make me think, well, because I don't talk, we don't talk about a lot about religion and I don't talk a lot about that with, with anybody else. Right. And, and I feel like the conversations we have around philosophy and what I realize with religion or at least the Bible um, is that, I mean, it's so much of it is awesome. And so much of it is great stories, great lessons, um, and and really very similar to all the other philosophies out there um and and i do think that there's value to it um there's just huge aspects of it that i it's hard for me to wrap my head around um you have to you have to be a little bit younger to under to uh to wrap your head around it like when the when the um you know how you can suspend disbelief like watching a movie Mm, tell me, tell me about that. Okay. So, um, if you're into the plot or the storyline more things that don't always make sense in a movie, um, you will be less likely to get distracted by. So, um, there's like a lot of like action movies for me, for example, where, um, it's supposed to be realistic, but then, unrealistic things happen and they just <laughs> they just kind of brush it off and move to the next scene, you know? Yeah. And you're just like, all right, I guess they can survive giant explosions like that. <laughs> brush it off. No big deal. Their eardrums didn't just get like blown out of their brain socket. Yeah. But yeah. 
Sure. <laughs> um, that's almost exactly how I feel, actually. Yeah. So, like, but if you watch that movie when you're like younger, or you're more you're more uh, easily approached by it because it has themes that um, you can relate to, you know, then um, or both, you know, right. Basically, then it's easier to to find. Like, you don't. It's almost like you don't hear the. You don't think of the words as objectively <clears throat> when you when you read them. I yes. Feel like. Yeah, because that, that's a big thing. Like, uh, yeah, that's what I would say. I love that, man. That, that's a very good analogy to kind of what's going on in my brain when I read stuff like uh, like the Bible or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that's how I felt. And I feel like when I talk to people, I've, I've talked to a couple friends who kind of like were brought up religious. Mm-hmm. And then um, I like talking to my friends who are still into religion too, and family members. I have like family members on both sides. Yeah, and I like talking to them about it too. I'm trying to find out more about um, like Muslim religion and uh, like Indian religion. Sure, sure. Um, that's probably the one that I feel the least educated about. Okay. I would say. Well, we should do some research on it. That would be fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. because, because I, like, I just seek to understand, I want to understand. Yeah. And, and it's sometimes it's, it's like, it's, it's literally crazy to me sometimes, uh, like certain aspects of religion. And, and so for me to understand millions of people that follow this is, imp- I think it's just an important tool to have and just kind of like an important understanding. And, yeah. and, you know, and, uh, and so we talk a lot about faith and hope. Uh, you and I have talked a lot about faith and hope and mm-hmm. how those are super powerful. And, and I do think that those are big aspects in religion uh, and, those faith that faith and hope it really i think is deeply rooted in our psyche kind of like our hero's journey talk like how we talked that the hero's journey is deeply rooted most religions rely on very strong stories like very strongly archetypical stories right right for for a reason which is it's all very it's very interesting right yeah well i think going back to i think we said it i said it in one of ours that like stories are the operating system like they're the the template they're they're uh, in some way they um create structure for our brains to operate through yeah so check that out on the hero's journey episode yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. which is like why we have that front of our brain and everything and i'm i'm super fascinated by that like i think i think um like once we make the technology that will help us understand the brain more yeah i think we're gonna start seeing a lot of really crazy uh like obvious things become more i don't know uh validated validated okay it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts yeah I mean, because right now, uh, isn't what is it called? Is it called neuroscience? Yeah, it, yeah. I was like the, the study of the brain and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It isn't there's a lot of information on that, but isn't even like it's not that deep yet. Like we don't really understand our brain that. I think much. we're gonna need. I think we're gonna need strong enough computers to like um, 
Because there's not, there's not, there's so many things going on and to track all of them is impossible with our current computing technology. Yeah. But once we have that technology, then it's like Pandora's box almost, you so know? Once quantum computing is 100% figured yeah. out, it's open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stuff like that. The fact that like, the fact that that's even, that we've even been able to like figure that out and get that going, like that seemed like, impossible you know like that seems like a pipe dream kind of thing i mean it's still it still doesn't make complete sense to me but now i've been convinced that it's actually happening right but yeah and then ai doing what it's doing right now and then that mm -hmm. oh man (sighs) the ai overlords uh the auto gpt is the craziest thing i've ever seen uh and when when they figure that out i think i think we're all done Auto GPT? Auto GPT. Yeah. Basically, you can just tell it, uh, make me a business. And then it'll set up your website. It'll set up your payment thing. It'll set up your blog. It'll set up uh, your it'll uh, find, virtual it'll, assistant on steroids. Well, yeah, virtual assistant, except for you just type in one thing and it does it all. Like, so there's no virtual assistant. It's just like AI creating whatever it wants to create under your prompt. That doesn't seem real. Stop it. It's already <laughs> real. It's already real, dude. Uh, <laughs> so nuts. All right. Good? Yeah, we're good. All right, man. I will uh, catch you later. Yes. Yes. But stay on after we sign off here for a second. All right. All right. Peace. Bye, everybody.